Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. to be in church. You know, I heard a really interesting stat that's been going around lately, and I, I know it's true, is that they're saying that, that, that people um, that who, uh, you know, with, with obviously there's, there's, a, there's a mental health crisis, it's always been, but it seems greater, uh, you know, in COVID, people are having to isolate themselves, and usually when you're isolated, um, you can definitely be attacked even more, right, in our minds, so that's why church is so good, the, the fellowship together is so good. But they're saying that those who are coming out of <clears throat> spirit-filled church environments are healthier emotionally. I, I, I believe that to be true. Um, <clears throat> it's so important um, for us to, to get in these environments, not just on a Sunday, but, but you know, to get with, with a, a smaller tribe of people that you have and, and fellowship and, and talk about God and, and have fun, play some games. But I... Emotionally, um, it's, that's a very great statistic, and it's encouraging to us. The Bible says, don't forsake the fellowship of the believers, especially as you see the last days approaching. <clears throat> We're in the last days where I believe that. I don't know how long, how long we have, but, but um, I'm not going to go there. That, that's a whole other message, but... Uh, so thank you guys for coming. Thank you for, for bringing your kids, your family into the presence of God. Um, I know that from, from the littlest all the way up, they're getting Jesus. They're getting a dose of God that they need, not only for today, but also for the future um, as God continues to grow his church. So awesome, awesome. All right. I just want to say that um, we're, we're, in a, we're in a series called In Your Element. Um, in Your Element. And so uh, this is really about finding purpose and living in it, finding purpose and living in it. So I just want to start off by just telling you how it happened for me. Um, how did God call me to where I am today? And so today you're going to have just some, just some elements of the calling. Um, I'll just give you mine. Yours are different. The way God has moved you and moving you in life. But significant um, for us to discover purpose. Um, yes, over time. Purpose, your destiny is delivered, discovered over time. Um, they're just levels of it. And it's discovered, we know that, out of difficulty. Uh, many times, those deep wounds, the things we go through in life healed, end up reaching more people. They end up reaching more people. Um, so in 1994, I gave my heart to Jesus for his mission, but I gave my heart to Jesus actually for my healing. Um, I was desperate. I was lost. So it started from desperation, a time in my life when I needed that healing, I needed hope, and that caused me to pray a desperate prayer which, which led to the discovery of Jesus. And that discovery of Jesus led me to learning how to follow the Holy Spirit, to working in the corporate world, to being available for people, to using my gifts, to sharing my testimony, to praying for others, to responding to an email about uh, need, a church needing help in their youth ministry, 
and then just taking a step of faith. And those are just my common elements uh, of the calling, and here I am today. But one more I don't want you to miss, and I alluded to it last week, is spending time with God in private. Spending time with God in, in private. And that can be anywhere. It can be in your truck, your car, or, uh, at home, or in the woods. Because I believe purpose really begins in private. Listen, in the places that only God can see. See, like this is the year that, that, that when we went back up, we went away, everywhere we go away, we, we just have a vision retreat, we pray, God, would you just speak to us about um, just the church and where, where, where you're going, just in general, what you want to do. And so the word we got was um, Zechariah 4.6, I believe, which is uh, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Saying, okay, this is the year, this is the year where the Holy Spirit is going to move in a new way in your life. Now, it's not new to him, but it's going to be new to you, new to me, right? It's, it's a new way to be led by God that we've never been before. And let me just say, he's not necessarily leading you and I to do something. He's actually leading us to him. <laughs> he's leading us closer to him. Makes sense that John the Baptist came and talked about this sort of, he goes, the next thing, or the John the Baptist came to draw, to, to bring in the, the, usher in this drawing the fathers to the sons and daughters and the sons and daughters of father. In other words, he's talking about closeness. He's talking, it makes sense that we're a, we're a bride, right, and we're heading to an altar, right? That's, we're just singing about that. We're a bride and we're heading to, to Jesus, right, who's, who's, who's our groom. And so it makes sense that we're getting closer. We're not running away, hopefully. We're actually moving, we're walking towards him. So we're getting closer and closer, right? Closer. In America, we, we tend to build more fences than we do break them down, right? So what, what, where we're heading is we're he the Holy Spirit is leading us into places to get close to God and close to others. Do you guys feel that? Like I just know that in my heart. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I'm, I'm you know, like I understand it all or, or, or I'm even like, hey, this is great, you know, because I'm more of an introvert, you know. It's like I'm more of, you know, I'm not, I don't like, or I'm not comfortable being around a ton of people. I'm more better one-on-one. -on -one. But so, but, but I know it's going to be good for me. As God leads me into these just vulnerable places, right? Like, it's okay. Um, I, I think the church, let me just speak. I'm trying to be led by the Spirit. I think the church has been conditioned to receive a perfect pastor, but not the broken pastor. Come on, right? And so we, we look to a person, we look, oh, Pastor Dan's life must be great, it's perfect. No, 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 man. I'm just like you. I get depressed, I get down, I get attacked, I get frustrated. I'm just like you, right? But what I'm doing is I'm just determined to stay in my calling. There are times I want to quit. I can't tell you how many times Monday I've fired myself. You're fired, <laughs> Right? Somebody else is going to fire me, but, but I just, sometimes I just, you're fired, Dan. But then I rehire myself about 3 o'clock. Right, but, so I feel like we're heading to a place where it's, it, it's, it's got to be okay to, like, get into the, um, the mess, the messiness. 
of who we are. We're really good at, at we're really good at, at um, you know, putting on a good front, right? Um, I, I think one of the greatest fears that we might have when, when getting close to other people is we think, oh man, they're going to find me out. They're going to see my flaws. And when they see my flaws and they see that, that, um, that Pastor Dan isn't smiling, he's down, they might just leave me. They might, they might find me out. That, that's really one of the greatest fears that, that people have is, is, is they, 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 they may not like me anymore if they see my brokenness, which really is a lie from the enemy because normally, usually what happens, I know that when I'm sharing my brokenness with Emily, I think it endears us, right? It's like it's real. So I, I wanted to say that up front because if this is the year of, of being led by the Holy Spirit in new ways, it's probably meaning God is leading us closer to him. And I can tell you, like, in your spirit, like, yep, yep. Don't you see the change that's been happening in your life? Come on. Don't you, don't you, don't you, like, you're not the same person you were a year ago. I'm telling you, you are not the same person you were a year ago. No way. No way. You are now doing things you never did before. You are, you are open to this new way, this new leading by God, right? But, but a big part of it is, this intimacy, this vulnerability that God wants to bring us to, an authentic, real, real uh, thing happening with God and, and others. And that's really what, the, what, what calling is, calling us to Him. So, but it, but, it, but it begins in places where only God can see, right? So look at this, when Jesus called Nathaniel, call, say called, Look at this, John 1.48. How do you know about me, Nathaniel asked? Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. I feel like sometimes in our hearts, and really it's in general in human beings, we just want to be known. We do, right? But sometimes we can fall for the trap of wanting to be known by people first instead of being seen by God first. You need to know that God sees you. Jesus sees you. See, we think he sees us because we're sinning. He doesn't see that. It's been covered. See, we think, oh, I don't want you to see. He sees everything anyways, right? But, but just like that picture, the father's like, hey, no, 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 no. I don't care if you're dirty. <laughs> I don't care if it's all messy. I love it messy. You know, he's, he's ready for us. But he says, so, so he, he says, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Nathaniel was doing something under the fig tree, and more than likely that something was prayer, because it was common for the Jewish people of that time to search for a peaceful place alone to pray. I believe he was praying possibly a desperate prayer. It wasn't a religious prayer, I know that. It wasn't filled with selfish requests, I know that. Or a to-do list for God, I know that. It was real, it was authentic, it was personal. Why? Because Jesus saw him, and this is what he said in John 1, When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said, Here comes a true son of Israel, an honest man with no hidden motive. Don't you love that? So it, it, God's not... God is not, so God is not um, looking at us in private to expose our faults or mistakes at all. He covers those. 
He's looking for us in private, right? Because he wants our hearts. He wants our hearts. He just wants us to draw close to him. So we just, we just say, Lord, take away any hidden motives. You know, uh, David said, create me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Just take away the things that, that, that just aren't going to help me at all. So I believe, that, I believe that God is looking for us to go to those places where it's just he and I. Don't you find yourself being led there these days? Right? Come on, you just, come on. Like, like you just feel compelled to like shut off the, the radio or the TV and just say, God, let's, let's talk. I love that. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. So let me just show you this target again as we move forward because I want to show you one more part of the how of our target. We know that, that um, it'll come up eventually. It'll, it's, it's, there it is, purpose, purpose. Purpose is the why, how, and the what. Purpose is the why, how, and the what. Remember, if, if you, when we don't, when we don't uh, discover the why, we lose our way. So the why is pretty simple. I'm here because Jesus changed my life. And Jesus is changing my life. And I just want to be obedient to him and, and help people. In That's my why. That, that'll never change. Well, how I do it, we've been talking about that, how we do it. With, with, uh, we do it in love and, and, and with passion. We do it with the right attitude, right? Those are things we're growing in, we're, we're learning. Um, but many times this, the, the how is what we bypass. So today I want to just show you specifically how God calls people, not into just formal ministry, but I'm talking about marketplace ministry. I'm talking about, really, matter of fact, Jesus spent most of his time outside of the church, right, doing miracles and in the church. Both are important. So the how is just as important as the why and what we do. The how is where we develop patience and we, we, we learn how to, how to love and forgive and and uh, he wants us to take time to marinate and listen, to develop in private. We tend to rush into the what without the important attributes and attitude and, and listen, resources that will keep us there. We have one powerful resource from now on. That's the Holy Spirit. Our resource is, is the well of the Holy Spirit, of, is God himself, right? Jesus, the Holy Spirit. That's how, that's, that's how we're going to do all this, right? So how, say how. how. Meaning in what manner, in what way. Does God call people into the purpose or destiny? So I'm glad you asked. It's found in these two verses. This is really a way that, that this is how, this is the model for, you would say, if you've been in church, a model for ordination. It's a model for commissioning. This is the model that God uses for that, but it's but it really it's not just for like we all have a ministry, right? All of us have a ministry. All of us do. We all have a part to play. So it's not just this this thing happening here. It's all of us. Acts thirteen two to three says one day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I've called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. This is a practical yet powerful way God calls people into their purpose. 
But first, let me just say a couple things. Tell you why it's so important to walk in your calling. I have to give you just some context around this verse that you will, com- you will understand. This wasn't some cute little church service. It wasn't. Like this, 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 had a, this had a specific design by God to call two people out and out into to, to a to a world that needed Jesus desperately. It's critical. Jesus, the gospel was advancing very quickly at this time. The church was growing and the devil didn't like it. So even though the church was growing, there was great persecution. Uh, some well-known messengers, leaders of the gospel, Stephen and James, were recently killed. There was a lot of fear and intimidation. People were being harassed and abused. There was a vicious battle being waged. And there just wasn't enough help. And they needed help. So God calls out and commissions, I just call them the big guns. Two guys named Barnabas and Saul. These guys were powerhouses in the spiritual. But let me just say, I'm going to say it later, you're big guns. You guys are big guns, right? You were born for such a time as this during a pandemic, God. You know know what I'm saying? Guys, because you were born because God's bringing out the big guns. Okay, let me just keep going. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Say I'm a big gun. (laughs) Hey, even if you're not not for those things, whatever. (laughs) Probably how you ate the other day (laughs) because of a... Or a bow. Um, so God calls these big guns, Barnabas and Saul, out to advance the gospel, not to see it retreat. By the way, God never shrinks back when the devil rears his head. This is so important to know regarding calling. God actually gets more active when the enemy gets more aggressive, right? He... Many times, see, listen, there are times when I just wanted to give up a retreat, but, but when I chose to get even more aggressive in prayer and my faith, my praise, I eventually saw the enemy retreat. You will too. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. That's what the Bible says. A lot of times we just simply resist the devil, we forget to submit to God. But that's another whole another message. But listen, so if you're feeling apprehensive right now, even fearful in any way, that's probably an indication that God is calling you into a greater sphere of influence with greater authority for more victory. See, I don't know if you knew this, but when God called you out, he called you out to confront your enemy. That's how it works. It's all through the Bible. You know, when, when Joshua was called to bring him in the promised land, I thought, yeah, finally, you guys, we're going to break through into the promised land. He had to defeat king after king after king after king after king. Come on, keep going. After king. He, like, what's going on? I thought it was just going to poof and they're there and things go good. Nope. It just, have you ever, like, been so excited to bring someone to church and, and Jesus and you brought them to church and they gave their heart to the Lord and all of a sudden like the day after things started to go bad for them, right? You feel so bad, you know, like 
Not always, but, but I've, I've had it too many times. Like, man, you know, like for me, I, I gave my heart to Jesus and started going to church and reading the Bible. And it got harder. Car broke down. Friends left me. Lost my job. Why? Because like I said last week, I just made the front page of the Hell Herald. And I hope you don't think that following Jesus will be a cakewalk. cakewalk. That all the problems just disappear. I'm sorry if someone told you that, that, that but no, when, when I gave my heart to, to Jesus, when I gave my life to Jesus, I gave my life for his service and for his people, but to confront a wicked spiritual enemy. But here's the great news. We have all the authority over him. We have all the weapons and we have all the power through Jesus. See, there's... There, there, there's one phrase we should eliminate from our vocabulary. It's I can't. Like whenever you hear yourself, I can't, it's not in the Bible regarding God. Because God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can't. Yes, you can. Yes, you can fulfill your calling. So I enlisted, I realized now, didn't up front, when I gave my heart to Jesus, I'm just telling you up front. Um, you, you probably know this already, that we enlisted for battle, right? The battle for people's souls. So I wanted to shift your thinking when it comes to your calling just for a moment because I want you to see something maybe you've never seen before or, or understood. Matthew eleven twelve. 12, look at this. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. At first glance, I'm, I always thought, well, it looks like the, God's kingdom, God's people are suffering from a violent enemy. It looks like that, that's what it looks like, right? Oh, man, who wants to be a part of this? I want to follow Jesus. This is, this is going to happen. No, no, that's not what this is saying. If, you, if, if properly translated, this is what this means. It means since John the Baptist... God has been calling out his generals, his troops, his army, us, his big guns, and releasing us to take what's rightfully ours by force. That's what that means. In other words, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. <laughs> I guess no more will, has, will the church be defensive. We will be offensive. That's, that's what I'm trying to, to get out of it. So I'm calling out uh, the, the weaponry today. To take back what the enemy stole from you, you guys. Right? It's like I, I grew up in it. I, my first church I went to, gave my heart to Jesus, got into full-time ministry. And about once every week, this song popped out. I went to the enemy's camp and I... Uh, Took back what he stole from me. Hey, took back what he stole from me. You ever heard that one? <laughs> took back what he stole from me. I went to the enemy's camp. I, every, I mean, you, you'd be up on stage, and if the pastor said devil or stole, the, the worship team would come right back up and start that song. Every week. It was like a trio of songs. But I'll never forget it. That's, God, that's why God's calling us out. To take back what the enemy stole from you, your kids, your family, your marriage, your provision, your gifts. Listen, that's your property, not his. God is calling us to storm the gates of hell and set the captives free. So we see this picture all around the Bible, all in the Bible. 
Here's one example. I love this example, Luke 5, 18. Look at this. Some, some men came to Jesus carrying a paraplegic man on a stretcher. They attempted to bring him in past the crowd to set him in front of Jesus. That's just like, oh, man, we can go to church. Plenty of room in church, right? They'll open the door for me. Come on in, get prayer, hear a word. It's awesome. Not this church. But because there were so many people crowding the door. Oh, God, would you, would you fill churches with people passionate and hungry for you, sitting at your feet, worshiping you? Would you just, would you pray that as well? Like, for just ch God's churches, God's churches to be filled with the presence of God and be filled with people hungry and passionate, determined. That, that's what this is. Now look at this. But because there were so many people crying to the door, they had no way to bring him inside. So they crawled onto the roof, dug their way through the roof tile, tiles. By the way, they had no homeowner's insurance back then. And lowered the man, stretcher and all, into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. These men literally tore through some dude's roof to get to Jesus, to heal their friend. Now you understand why that verse says, and the violent will take it by force. They're not violent, they're determined, they're passionate, they're fighters of faith. They're willing to be aggressive towards the enemy. As a matter of fact, that's how the church advances and grows when it's persecuted and messed with. That's the only way any people group grows from persecution, not being comfortable. No way. Doesn't happen. So, that's the kind of stuff that was happening around that cute little church service we just talked about. Calling out calling out Saul and Barnabas for a special assignment, right? So, back to that verse. I'm going to show you a couple things and we'll get you right on your way. Acts 13, 2-3. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I've called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them away, sent them on their way. First, let me just say this. If you want to expedite something in the kingdom of God, if you want to get on the fast track to your destiny and calling, try fasting with prayer. Fasting with prayer proves to God that you and I mean business. That's all I'm saying. It's not a, it's not a work. It is a weapon. Oh my goodness, it's a weapon when we choose to, to just, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to skip this lunch today and I'm going to pray. Oh man. Read Isaiah 58, I believe. You'll see, what, you'll see the kind of fasting that God, you'll see what fasting does. Oh man. It says your light will shine quickly. Your, your breakthrough will come quickly, right? I get it. I get a headache too when I don't eat. I don't want to do it because I'll get a headache. Take some ibuprofen. No. <laughs> um, 
That's all I'm going to say about that, but, but it proves that, that I mean business. And second, regarding the calling, the environment is critical. The environment of our hearts and the literal environment. Listen, this environment, this little church service was prepared. It was praised up. It was prayed up. It was an environment that had deep reverence for God. Something I think that's been missing in the church, but I believe is beginning to return. A true deep reverence for God. These two elements are other are, are, are keys to the calling. Let me give you three more as we finish really quick. I'll just give them to you. How does God call? With the Holy Spirit. Say, with the Holy Spirit. That's the word for this year and beyond. Whatever we do for God will be accomplished with the Holy Spirit. Not by human might, not by human power, but instead by the Holy Spirit. And when God calls someone out for his purpose and mission, he calls them from his spirit first. Acts 13, 2. One day as his men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. Makes me think how important it is to hear from the Holy Spirit, right? Listen, I've, I've been in ministry for long enough and, and I've, I've, I've sometimes, there are some times that I did not hear from the Holy Spirit regarding certain individuals in the place that I thought they should be. My bad, I'm learning, right? But I want to hear from the Holy Spirit, right? Because he knows best. So he's the one that leads us, the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you. He will guide you. He will guide you. He will lead you. He's the one that will do it into all truth. We have God the creator, father. We have Jesus at his right hand. And we have the Holy Spirit here in us and with us to lead us. So I would just say every day, Holy Spirit, I invite you, lead me. Lead me in that new way that might make me a little bit uncomfortable. He's a coach. He's a helper. He's with us. And he's God. He's good. He's loving. His arms are open. And I've, this is what I found about the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit leads, life gets easier. The way I always see this is when, when, when I, when, when I, whenever I was ironing clothes, I hate ironing. Don't ask me to iron. But I did it for Emily because I love her so much. And I said, listen, when you love that gal, sir, you pretty much do anything, right? You're doing stuff you'd never do before. So I was ironing. I went over to her house one day. She, was, uh, she had a roommate. I said, I went over after work. I said, all, I saw this clothes. I started ironing, ironing your clothes. Well, I was iron, ironing her clothes and... Um, and uh, it was weird. It's like, you know, like, what's this guy doing? Because I loved her. But I was ironing, ironing your clothes, and I noticed that the iron didn't have any water in it, and I didn't find a spray bottle. So I'm ironing these wrinkles out, and the wrinkles weren't really coming out. Like, you'd iron it, right? A lot of pressure, a lot of pressure, but no water. And we know those, those of us who've ironed before, that all you got to do is spray it a little bit. Man, and that wrinkle comes out quick. The Bible says that God is coming back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. But here's the truth. We all do it. We all do it. We just say, yeah, Holy Spirit, I got this one. I don't need your water. I don't need you to make it easier. 
So I'll just make it harder on me. And the pressure comes and the wrinkle doesn't come out. And God said, God said, if you just invite me in, I'm, I'm the water. The Holy Spirit is the water. Jesus is a fountain of life. If you just, if you just let the water on that wrinkle, I'll get it out quick. The Holy Spirit. He really makes life easier. He does. Light and easy. How do I know? Because I see it in the Bible. I see God's spirit with actually little effort. Little effort. Now look at this. A few loaves, some fish, and a simple prayer fed thousands. Chains broken by the spirit and a song. They just sang a song and the, and the, and the whole building crumbled. Blind eyes open with the spirit and some mud. <laughs> Bodies healed by the spirit and a touch of a hand. We even see a guy disappear to another place immediately by the spirit. Apparently, they didn't have Southwest Airlines. They did not have a bus transportation system. He needed to get to his next preaching assignment. Look what happened. Acts 8.39, look at this. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again. But went on rejoicing. <laughs> like didn't even phase him. The dude's gone. He's, he, went to, he went to some other church and started preaching probably the good news, right? Again, he, he didn't have any frequent flyer miles. God just said, I got you. I think that's a picture of the rapture too, by the way. The Holy Spirit with little effort. I, I, I love what one, one Korean pastor said. He, he's looking at the United States back in the day and he goes, he goes it's amazing. What the American church can do without the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'm like, yep. Listen, I love our country. We're builders, man. We get it done. We get it. Come on, right? Don't you love America? You, we, we get it done here. We're builders. Come on. We, that's, 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 all, that's ingrained in us. When push comes to shove, it's going to happen. I don't think that will ever change. That's, that's a good quality. But listen. We need the Holy Spirit to accomplish really all that God wants to accomplish with the Holy Spirit. Say with the Holy Spirit. That's how God calls people. Don't, don't, try to, don't try to do it some other way. And with others. Say with others. I love this part. Your purpose, your destiny is called forth through other people. People will see the gift. They recognize the calling. It's simply noticed by others. Acts 13, 2-3 says, One day these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, and the Holy Spirit said to those people, through those people, appoint Barnabas and Saul. Like he wasn't just some ghost hovering in the room, talking with a mouth. The Holy Spirit in those other people said, oh my goodness. Looks like Saul and Barnabas, like I see a call on their lives. Oh, I see a call in their lives. That's what the Holy Spirit was doing through people. I think this moment was so impressive to me because one of the guys that's in that group certainly was called to do the mission Solomon Barnabas was called to do. His name was Simeon, the same guy that probably carried the very cross of Jesus. 
can you think of that, can you think of that environment? I mean, I'd be like, oh man, I can't even talk to that dude. But he's not the one that was called, not because he, he wasn't, he was anything less, it just wasn't his mission, right? People in that church recognized God's clear leading and embraced it with the help of the Holy Spirit and others. Let me just say this to you, don't worry, God sees you. Don't worry, God sees you. Say it again. Don't worry, God sees you. God sees you. God sees you. you just, just give him some space to get you in your place. You don't have to push for it. I promise you, don't push for it. But be led by the Holy Spirit into it, into the next level. Come on. Lastly, God, God, God will deliver destiny and calling with the Holy Spirit, with others, and lastly, with action. Say it with action. Can I just say this with love as we finish here, just a few minutes. Nowhere in the Bible did Jesus, after asking someone to do something, tell them to go home and pray about it. Nowhere. He said, follow me, and they, they, he didn't say, follow me, but go home and pray about it. He said, he didn't say, preach the gospel, cast out demons, but go home and pray about it. No. He called Peter, James, John, and the rest and said, follow me, and they immediately followed him. You know why? Because it was confirmed on the inside. It was confirmed. That's why when someone comes up to you and says, hey, you know, we, we need some help in res kits. You're like, oh, those, things, those little things scare me. <laughs> but yet, you know, usually when God, when God calls, it's you have fright and excite at the same time. Fright up in here, but excite down in your spirit. You guys get that? That's how I know it's God. If, if, if it's all fright, well, you just back up. But if there's like, a, oh, man, I, really, me, me and res kids, me in the, as a creeder, me in, in, in the youth ministry, me, uh, Lord, me, yeah, you. Fright and excite. I've noticed this in my life. Either I'm going to do it or I'm not. But I've learned that when I do it, I discover more of my destiny. And we see in Acts 13, 3, it says, So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. There wasn't, uh, go home, talk to your, your family. Oh, they're just, here we go. Let's do it. So I believe, in, in, my, in my opinion, the time of let me pray about it is probably over. I'm just, just saying, all in love. Just do it. Just do it, right? Just do it. Remember when my pastor asked me to guard that door in the back of a church. And I'm like, why? It didn't matter. What mattered was I did it. And I'm telling you right now, I felt the very presence of God in such a powerful way just because I was sitting back there being obedient to what my pastor asked me to do. I didn't know what I was doing. But man, I'll tell you, the presence of God loved me. He was loving on me. He said, Dad, I love you. Thank you for doing this little thing. So strong. God calls you with action. Purpose unfolds as you're obedient. Come on. That's how, that's how levels of calling and destiny happen. 
See, the first thing I ever did in church was say yes to my pastor. Now listen, not just pastor or leader, just someone, right? Could be anybody. Hey, I need, I need help with my car. Come on, just be obedient, right? But listen, first thing I did, and I said, and then I said yes to a Bible study that led to giving a testimony that sets someone free. I said yes to singing a song in front of hundreds of people. I said yes to helping someone with disabilities. I said yes to leading worship. I said yes to giving vehicles away at various times. And those yeses led me here. See, God will bless your yes. Come on. God will bless your yes. He can't bless a maybe. He can't. Now he's gracious. Like I'm telling you, he's gracious. There's times like, well, maybe. And I go home and pray about it. And if I, but I don't, if I, I, I notice if I don't respond quickly, it just kind of starts fading away. And God will give me another chance. I get it. But listen, we're in the days where we take as many opportunities as we can with God. Because God calls with action. God calls us with action, even when it seems foolish, even if it looks counterproductive, even if it seems inconvenient or uncomfortable, God calls you with action. That's how God does it with the Holy Spirit, with others, and with action. I don't know what God is calling you to do, but, but I know it's really important to Him. You know why? Because you are really important to Him. With action. I'm going to, let's just pray. Lord, I just thank you for this moment. I thank you, God, that, that, that you're showing us how you call us out and into our element, into the place and purpose that you want us to bring to you. Lord, it, it, it starts with you, Holy Spirit. So we just invite you, Holy Spirit, in this moment to continue to call out the anointing, call out the purpose and destiny. I believe God can give you brand new ideas, brand new ways to reach people. You thought it's over? No, 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 you've just begun. God is sending you again another level of your destiny. So God, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for showing us how you do it. We rely on you, Holy Spirit, as we leave. Can you just pray this? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me so that I could live with you forever. And thank you for the Holy Spirit who leads me and guides me into my destiny. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, we love you guys. Have a great day. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E.org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac. For upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.